to Behind the Restaurant. As always, I am Jerry, and I'm here to discuss the future activities of the restaurant industry to the best of my ability. As always, I'd like to thank anyone for listening, for paying attention, and I thought, you know what, I get it in at the front here instead of the back end like I usually do, and I thought I'd appreciate you at the beginning than at the end. So, from there, let's go on. Hey, did you hear? COVID's over, everybody. It's done. Woohoo! We can go on to our regular lives. Right? Right? I'm, I'm, am I right? Somebody correct me. I honestly don't know if I'm right or wrong. I've been locked in my house for the last two years, and uh, I don't know what's going on. Somebody open a door, open a window, let me out. No, but seriously, let's 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 take a moment and actually look at this in a serious point of view because I've been reading quite a few articles lately, quite a few different perspectives on what is currently going on. As always, I give you the view from someone who is residing in New York City, who has spent his whole life in New York City, so a lot of my perspectives on the restaurant industry do come from a New York bias on seeing a lot of the happenings that occur within the city limits. I have taken glances and do know quite a few people outside of the city, outside of New York City, to give me perspective on what happens in other industries across the country. But in all honesty, there are a lot of similarities that occur that can be founded through a New York perspective. And that's why I give you this perspective without any real, you know, bias of saying that it's perfect, because it's not. It's just the one that I have and the one that I was raised in within the industry of food and beverage. So, let's talk about the fact that New York is finally releasing all its mandates and getting rid of all its demands on customers and on restaurants. Which is interesting, because I was reading an article yesterday where the industry in New York of the restaurant industry doesn't completely... It's it's a 50-50 crapshoot on what they feel about the end of the COVID mandates and how to go into that forward. Because I'm going to be honest, once the mandates are stopped and you're stopping that completely... Let's not try to say that just because there's a spike at some point that all of a sudden we're going to go back to exactly the way it was previously. Because you can't. Once you've opened up the new line, you can't go back to what it was originally because, you know, you think, oh my god, I can just switch back and forth whenever I want. That doesn't work. It doesn't work for the restaurant industry. That doesn't work for almost any industry. You can't keep tossing and turning that. So, let's focus on the perspective of restaurants and the mindset of owners. There are some who have come out and said that they want to continue a lot of the pre the the pandemic stuff, you know, keeping their employees masked, keeping certain demands. I don't think they're going to continue to ask for vaccination cards cuz that would kind of limit you especially if there's a restaurant down the street that isn't asking for vaccination cards, especially when that kind of dynamic could hinder 
your continued growth going forward. I think once that ends, there aren't going to be a lot of restaurants that are going to be going, oh, we need to see your vaccine card. It's not going to be a continuous push on that kind of thing. So that being said, I think you will see, though, that some of the protections that are in place to help employees currently will continue to be in place and will kind of be enforced as if they were uniform mandates and part of the uniform going forward. Because you got to think about it, even though there are quite a few people who are vaccinated and who are fully vaccinated or singularly vaccinated, there are still quite a few who aren't. And there are people who feel uncomfortable with serving people who are who aren't. So it's a good idea to develop some kind of form of protection for that. So in the long term, you can develop a form of safe environment for the restaurant employee. Because you're going to go back to the same bullshit you had before the pandemic, which was customers thinking that they're 100% right and they're the only ones that matter. But you still have to develop a form of protection for the employee so that it is still a safe and good work environment. Now, what this dynamics is going to set up for a while is those places of employment that are not going to require masks for their employees, that are actually going to push the idea that employees don't have a choice on whether they can wear a mask or not wear a mask. It's more on the employer, which is kind of true, but at the same time, that's going to be used as a justification to let go of some employees, to move on from some employees, or to push their own narrative against other places that do make their employees get masked. You're going to see that for a while. It's going to create a dichotomy. And I don't think New York is going to be the only place that suffers from this. I think there are going to be quite a few different places that where this matters to a certain extent. So, but the masks and the vaccine mandates are one thing. The other thing is going to be, what does it mean to be on the other side of this pandemic? What does it mean to say COVID is over in a sense? And I'm not talking scientifically. I'm just talking more, you know, government-wise and laws-wise and restriction-wise. You're going back to a point where you're almost at pre-COVID conditions with regards to what's demanded of your restaurant and stuff like this. So, what do you do here? What is what what is this next step? How do you do you go back to what you were before 1000% and hope that's great and that's what you should be doing? Or is there some adjustment that you're taking from what has currently happened during the pandemic that you have to consider to be 10 times more important than what it was pre-pandemic? Especially for concepts that made it through the pandemic, that were around in the middle of pandemic and then made it to the other side of it. Like, what changes occurred in the midst of it all that you're keeping to and will now hold on to for the forward movement of your concept there there are so many things like there's a push when it comes to the idea of deliveries and now pulling away a little bit from the delivery platforms 
I know we haven't seen it 100% because everybody's on Grubhub, everybody's on Uber Eats, everybody's on, you know, the major platforms. But you got to think that, and to some degree, restaurants are going to go back to the idea of having their own delivery people, per se. Especially that, if you honestly think about it, you're not going to go back to the way it was before. You're not going to have the same percentage of in-person eats as you did pre-pandemic. Because people are not going to feel as comfortable to that. But they're still going to want to order from you if they consider your food to be good. If they consider your food to be something that they would want to eat on a regular basis, they're still going to order from you. They're just not going to be in your location as much. So what does this mean overall for locations that come up going forward? Especially when we think about quick service restaurants and fast casual restaurants. I'm not going to focus on fine dining because that's its own animal. Now, how do you transition to this because you're not going to be worried as much as as much about in-person dining as you were before and instead you're going to be more concerned about deliveries and takeout and stuff like this. Does that mean that more restaurants will start considering spaces that are smaller so there isn't as many people sitting in their restaurant and food flows and people flow out faster? Because that would be a smart thing to do. Make the restaurant more kitchen size appropriate and delivery station appropriate versus getting as much space for customers to be inside location. Because one thing the pandemic has taught is the importance of being able to deliver food is extremely high versus people who are getting food inside your location. That's not as high anymore. That's not as important anymore. And that's not, that shouldn't be a focus as much anymore. If you're not a fine dining restaurant, if you're not a place where people sit down for 30 to 45 minutes to eat, if you're not something like that, then no offense, but you shouldn't have all that space. Hey, you can save yourself yourself something on rent. You can save yourself money on the amount of employees because your place is smaller. And if you have less employees, you know, in a smaller space... It looks better. Like, it's just, there's a lot of places to save money. Also, when you give employees raises who are there because you have less employees that you're distributing to, it'll be easier to keep people for a long-term basis because the employees who are there are now gaining in understanding and also gaining in financial. Like, there's those two aspects are hitting better because you have a smaller space for your concept. You're not going to be seated as much anymore. And I think the pandemic showed that maybe you don't need as much seating. Maybe you need to focus more on takeout and delivery, which honestly you should be focusing more on anyway, and maybe developing that side of your concept. Because, no offense, a lot of you don't have a goddamn good, you know, ordering system for deliveries. You don't do your own deliveries. You don't give a crap. You either, if you're a big fast food place... You're partnering up with either DoorDash or Uber Eats or Grubhub or some, one of those and getting an exclusive partnership with them so that the deliveries are done through them and you don't have to worry about them as much. And that's fine. And that's great. But for the little guy, I think you need to reconsider what your position is on how you do deliveries. Your website should be set up to take deliveries. 
Your website should be capable of handling a delivery order so your own restaurant can take out a delivery. Like, the days of your of your website or your restaurant website just being about a menu and saying, hey, here, this is who we are, it's done. You got to go back to those pre-2000 days, man. People ordered on websites or the early 2000 days before Grubhub and Uber Eats took over to the extent that they've taken over. You have to go back to the concept of your website matters for how it is delivering to the customer. And your website has to be integrated to the smartphone too. Hey, maybe develop an app as well. If you are big enough that you sell enough food and you have a consistent enough you know, clientele, you should really consider, hey, I may need to develop an app. I may need to develop something because it's got to give my, my customers some kind of rewards. It's got to give my interaction some kind of system. And it also allows me to get information about who orders, when they order, how much they order, how often they order. Like, this is important information that you can get outside of just the day-to-day sales that you're taking in. Like, this shit matters, man. This is this kind of stuff that you want to be a part of if you want to grow any business, but let alone the food and beverage business. You need to progress into a different side of it. You need to understand that what you're doing isn't only growing your concept, it's making sure your concept grows the right way. So I think a lot of businesses going forward are going to have to understand what they truly want and go back to a little bit of simplicity where their where their websites now integrate their menus in a way that you can be ordered from. And this isn't fine dining or those places that do brunch or anything. No, I'm talking about the places who main, whose main business is to do orders that take no more than 10 minutes to create and no more than 15 minutes to eat. And you're not sitting around and talking and all that. You want quick turnover. You want quick business. You want deliveries out. You want consistency. You want all of this done. And you might want to think about being able to do it yourself. There are plenty of places that can do deliveries for you. There are plenty of concepts that can do that. You don't even have to have a delivery staff yourself. You can have a service that does the deliveries, but the orders come from you. Like they come from your website. They come from from your information. You gain the information. It doesn't go to Uber and they're the ones they tell you, oh yeah, you made 30% more this week than you did last. But where's the 30% coming from? Who is the 30%? How did I get the 30%? How does that 30% grow? How can I keep that 30%? Can I have an interaction with the 30% that grew? Can I have interaction with the other percents that I didn't know stayed the same? Can I have something more than what you're giving me and telling me that you take 30% on the front of sales and on the back end of sales? Like, no, that's not it anymore. You, as the restaurateur, need the information now as much as anything else. And this is talking to those small, smaller concepts that need to grow and develop. If you made it through the pandemic, if you started out on the side of the pandemic on one side and now made it into the pandemic and then are now on the other side of the end of COVID, then guess what? You need to start thinking about what you can do more and better because you're successful enough to have made it through this side. 
You're successful enough to be one of the ones that matter in all of this. So you need to now put yourself in the right place going forward so that you are growing appropriately. Like, that doesn't mean that you need to grow into seven or eight locations. It just means that your one locations, one location needs to be better and more developed. It needs to be progressing forward. So that means you need to integrate that. You need to understand your delivery system. You need to understand how to keep clients on. You need to develop the ideas that you started and just grow yourself because you're here. You made it through. Come on. Keep going. Get another five to ten years in. Why not? So, yeah. So, my other avenue, something else that I was reading and I thought I would take a deeper dive in because I like the way that this presented. It is from restaurantdive.com. I thought that the article they wrote was great. It is the seven restaurant trends that will define 2022. Some I agree, some I don't agree with. And I thought I could break that down from my perspective and my idea and my understanding of what will be needed. The first one is investment in emerging labor-saving technology. Meaning, you know those um, screens you see at McDonald's and at Burger King and places like that where the customer orders at the screen, the order gets to the person in the back and stuff like that. It's been around for a while. It's always going to be developing because there's always kinks and there's always things that need to change and always things that need to improve and always ways of making it better. But the idea that this will save on labor to the same extent that you're thinking, I don't think it's going to be that big as you wanted it to be because there's got to be also somebody there who knows how to fix it when it breaks down because I've seen more broken down machines that you are ordering, touchscreen machines that you are ordering from as as many as that work on a consistent basis. Like, you know, maybe you got to be doing a little bit better with the technology. Improve the technology inside the ordering system first and then improve the ordering system and then you can say that it's going to be taking over because I've heard this was going to be taking over since 2017. Since 2016, honestly. Oh, this is what's coming. Touchscreen is coming. Touchscreen is going to be the next. That's what's going to save us on labor as we start paying everybody $15 an hour. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going on, what is that now? Six years of them saying that and a pandemic. And this didn't really push a bigger notion it's still there like most of these concepts a concept like mcdonald's while they do have cashiers most of their employees are cross-trained most of their employees know how to work a fryer or know how to put together a burger or know how to do plenty of other things than just take an order at a cash register same goes for employees at taco bell same goes for employees at chick-fil-a like all these kind of places employees know how to do more than just one thing but if you kind of base yourself on rather than the McDonald's model of adding those touch screens to get people to order and you base yourself on the Chick-fil-A model, they have more employees than they have technology than technological advances. Cause yeah, they have iPads where they're taking orders, but that's because there are extra employees doing the the day-to-day things because their traffic is a lot higher. 
because they're putting a lot more time into understanding their customers, understanding their employees, and getting the best product out to everyone as quickly as possible. And that means that they take on more staff rather than figuring out a way to take on less staff. Like, hmm, let's be clear. This is nice. Your technology is great. And technology will always be great at advancing things appropriately. Sometimes not as appropriately, sometimes more appropriately. But at the same time, sometimes the employees having them there will be just as good as anything else. So, next thing that they tackle was labor supply chain distribution creating menus that stay a lot simpler. I think I've argued before on other um, on other podcasts that a simpler menu is 10 times better anyway. It can control your cost of sales. It can control your um, payroll. It can control so many other aspects of your restaurant if you're not trying to overcomplicate things. If you stick to things that work on a consistent basis... And sprinkle in other things from time to time, which you can integrate with things that you already have there. Then you can create a, a simple simple menu while also making it easier for the people who are doing, taking the orders, making it easier for them to get it out to the customer. Making everything just a little bit more smoother, like... You got to think about it. If you overproduce a menu, you're going to lead customers to overthinking and then they're not going to want to choose because there's too many choices. While if you keep it a little simpler, they're going to pick a lot quicker because there aren't as many things that are distracting them and there's something that they're just going into 100%. So, you know, the simplification of menus because of the supply chain actually works in the benefit of the um, of the restaurant's and the concepts, and that's going to be a great thing. You know, of course, you're going to see a lot more concepts that offer plant-based products. You know, the Impossible Burger, a lot of those things, because there's going to be a lot of vegan and vegetarian options and a lot of concepts in that way that lead to more people having choices that aren't just meat-related. So, yeah, that's not a trend, that's just common sense on everything that's already happened. And this one is a little bit more interesting because it's a different perspective than I've seen when it comes to what has happened in the restaurant industry. They're saying that wage hikes or the increase in how much each person gets paid per hour is going to lead to more people of value working for these type of establishments Versus any time before, because you're going to be able to pay for the talent versus just hopefully getting a talent who needs to be paid anything and everything. Now, because you're paying more, because you've been required to, more talented people are going to come and work for you and make your product better. Because remember, like I said, while it is important that the food tastes great, it's also important that the person who delivers the message of what the food is can do it to an appropriate level so that it comes out correctly, or else you kind of lose a little bit of what it is your concept should be. Now, the last two, well, one of the last two, they're saying the takeover of food halls 
for, you know, locations that have the ability to have multiple concepts in one area. Yeah, you know, that's always going to be an up and down thing. I think there's going to be places that do that better than others and locations across the country that do that. So that's not something I would want to focus on. Now, this one we've already touched, and I think it's going to be something I touch a lot over the next couple of podcasts because I think it's something that's important that needs to be delved into when it comes to this industry going forward for the next 10 years. Delivery prices and delivery partnerships between third parties. Right now, third-party systems that deliver food own the industry against restaurants. Like I've told you many times, they take a high percentage on the front and the back end, which only leaves a small percentage of the money coming back to the restaurants. That's harmful long-term for many, many concepts. That's harmful, really, because what it ends up doing, it doesn't allow the business to take on as much income as they would need to pay the things that they need to pay. Instead, you have these concepts like Uber Eats, like DoorDash, like Grubhub, taking such a high percentage that it beats down those that aren't probably making as much as they could be. So how do you get away from that? I think I want to delve into what it means to get away from that on a later podcast because I really want to sit with the idea of what it means to do your own deliveries versus using other people to deliver for you and what it means to have a zone of delivery again because that was always the problem. What The one thing that Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub do for restaurants and for customers is it allows you to order from a wider range versus such a small range that was possible in the early 2000s in the late night you know 90s so if that's the case how do you compensate that now with the restaurants do you focus more on your smaller range because you know that smaller range will build you up more money if you truly allow it and put more towards the customer. Because if you don't have to pay the delivery concepts, their percentages as high, then guess what? You have more money to put into your own concept and put into delivering a better product for the customer. So, but we'll delve into that. And I thought, you know, I'm not hitting all seven of the things in the article because I'm not trying to just make the article the whole purpose. Because some of the things, as I said, are not what I want to focus on when we're talking about the food and beverage industry. I just wanted to point out that there were some things in there that I agreed with that I thought should be discussed and that I thought would be important for your understanding of where I'm coming from in this podcast going forward and previously. Because a lot of what I talk about is, yeah, it's going to come up multiple times. Because, no offense, and when you're talking behind the restaurant... The numbers are as important as the stupidity of some of the people. Like, let's get that straight. I'll do a podcast every now and again where I'm talking about the stupid things that happen in the restaurant industry. And I'll do a podcast where we do it like this. Where we're talking about what's necessary for the other side of success of the restaurant concept and industry. So, as I said on the front end, I thank you for listening. And I appreciate anybody that does this for me. It's just so much fun after all these years doing this. 
just to be able to talk about it in different ways and see what's coming and hopefully talk about each one of those steps as they come along. Thank you. I will see you next time. Peace.